0: A reading from the Gospel of John chapter 1 in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God he was in the beginning with God all things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being what has come into being in him was life or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. John's birth story is filled with light and music like the majestic overture of a great symphony orchestra. Imagine the opening trumpet heralding like a chorus of Aaron Copeland's fanfare for the common man, heralding the opening words and themes of this gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all the people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light is shining. The light has a voice that speaks life to us and to all of creation. Like the light beaming from the star of Bethlehem in Luke's Gospel, This light beams a transforming power that begins before the beginning. This light was present in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light and God saw that the light was good. God created everything in the beginning for life and light and love, for companionship and for community. And during this Christmas season, we have sung over and over again and witnessed to these very things by way of angels and shepherds and a donkey and cows and sheep, a holy family and the wise men. But today we hear a different telling of the story of the light that has hands that hold us and hands that heal us. The light which has a name, Jesus, the son of Mary, the son of God. The light has become flesh. This primordial word which was in the beginning with God, a partner in creation, in relationship with God and who is God and now become human like one of us and lived among us the same God who pitched his tent or tabernacles with the people of God as they wandered through the desert so long ago has taken up residence with us or as the late Eugene Peterson said God has moved into our neighborhood And we, and Jesus, the light conquers darkness and turns death into life. Whether that's in an ordinary situation like a catering problem at a wedding that we read of in John chapter two, or to the grief-stricken death of a family member like Lazarus and like Mary and Martha who grieve their brother, and who Jesus who grieves his friend Jesus, the Christ, beams, transforming power wherever he is. And when Jesus is present, everything is changed. Nothing is ever the same. No one is ever the same after encountering the Lord. We have eternal life, and we are restored to the glory which our Creator God intended. And this light present with us, Emmanuel, God with us, compels us to bear witness to the light. Like John the baptizer, we become a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe in the true light, Jesus, full of grace and truth. So how can we keep from singing All of these songs of light, and of life, and of angels singing, and stars shining, of the beginning of all things, and of the birth of Christ, God made manifest in the flesh like ours. The music of Christmas has filled our lives for nearly five weeks now. While the majority of Christians and the community in our community, and maybe some of us have begun to take Christmas down. Lights have been removed from doors, bushes, and trees, and Christmas trees are at the curb for recycling. Or here's hoping we have all heeded the instructions of our earth care team, as Alice mentioned, and made plans to take our Christmas trees to the Birmingham Zoo for recycling. But we are still singing of the birth of Christ on this second Sunday of Christmas, even as the world has closed up Christmas and missed the meaning of Christmas, which is not a season of the year, but a condition of a heart, of our hearts and of us transformed. Our response to the light of Christ come into a world of darkness fear of our anger of our pain of our hopelessness of our despair is to magnify that light to the whole world God loves even as we may grieve our losses we serve and we celebrate a Savior come into the world the light that is the light of us and of all of creation I participated in Illuminations, an advent online retreat designed and led by writer, artist, theologian, and friend, Reverend Jan Richardson. She shared an insightful piece a couple weeks ago. In our praise of the one who saves us, we sing like Mary, our own Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Our souls radiantly magnify, open wide in love for love, and by love of God, and about love, the light of Christ. We are transformed by Christ's light and redemption, and we become transformers of our church, of our neighborhood, and of the larger community and world beyond us, that same world that God loves so much and has brought into being out of love, in love, for love. This light that shines in the darkness can never be overcome by fear or dread or hatred or any kind of darkness of this world. Like Mary singing her song of magnifying the light and salvation of God, we sing ourselves more fully into the transforming and redeeming love of God, who sent His Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved, that we are shown a more excellent way to love and to radiate that love toward one another. And to be Christ's bearers means to become like Him, Filling the hungry with good things, lifting up the lowly, and shining Christ's light so brightly that it overwhelms any power or principality that tries to put down the lowly, or bring fear and dread, or dismiss the poor. Being Christ's light bearers in this world is both beautiful and it's also risky. It was certainly risky for the late and great Archbishop Desmond Tutu, who out of his Christian faith and ethics insisted the oppressive racist system of apartheid in South Africa be dismantled. Archbishop Tutu tirelessly worked to dismantle that racist system, and he insisted that witnesses testify in the presence of their oppressors to the truth of what had happened to them their relatives, their friends. Only afterwards, Bishop Tutu insisted, could true reconciliation begin. I will never forget my own experience of sitting in the presence of this great prophet and this light-filled Christ bearer when he visited Birmingham in the late 1990s. It was a visceral and empowering experience to sit directly In front of Bishop Tutu and listen to him speak of his life of faith and work in South Africa not too long after the Truth and Reconciliation hearings had begun. I can still feel that experience. I can see the sweat bead up on his face, his shining face, and on his brow. I was sitting so close to him as he bore witness to the light of Christ compelling him to bring enemies together to the table of truth, to speak and to hear of the hard truths of their lives and to begin to be redeemed and to be reconciled. I was both inspired and troubled by him when he spoke of how during the darkest days of their struggles against apartheid, they would look to Birmingham as a shining example of the hope and the possibility of their struggle. Having called Birmingham my home after moving here to go to college in the early 80s and then falling in love with Bentley and singing our way into marriage and to life here, I was inspired to think this great world leader looked to Birmingham for hope, strategy, and understanding. But I, along with other Birmingham leaders, struggled with the truth of our current situation. Yes, lots of progress had been made since Birmingham of the 1950s and 60s. However, after having successfully opened the Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, where I had the great joy of co-designing a program for area high school students to engage in the opening day and early work of the institute, we were still struggling across Greater Birmingham with creating bridges of understanding between people of different backgrounds and life experiences on this side of the mountain and that side of the mountain, from different races and classes and faith traditions and understandings, from different identities in different neighborhoods. So much progress had been made, and yet so much racism and misunderstanding pervaded our lives, whether we wanted to acknowledge it or not. Desmond Tutu's presence here, his light, his hope, his undying hope, his speech gave me a strong booster shot of hope and possibility and reminded me to keep on bearing the light and love of Christ, especially, especially when there was but a dim flicker in my own life and in our community. Like Mary's song, our song is full of the hope of God's salvation, and yet it is not ever a safe song. It is not a tidy song. It is a song that has the power to alter us with the hope that it holds. This hope calls us to become participants in bringing about the light and the love and the redemption of Christ every day that we live. It is what we are called to do. Jesus, the light of the world, ever propels us not to only hope about and keep this deep knowledge in our bones about his love and saving grace, but the Savior of the world compels us to come and see. And in coming and seeing, like Nathaniel in John's Gospel, we believe and we are transformed forever. We are changed in ways we never imagined. We are challenged to see and to love more and more deeply and to serve more and more like Jesus, who kept showing up to people at the margins of first century Palestine. He heard them. He ate with them. He traveled with them. He healed them and called them his own. Even when, especially when, the church leaders of the day said they were worthless sinners, unclean, prostitutes, or crazy. Christmas is really just getting started for those of us who confess Jesus our Savior. And our critical response to Christmas and to the light of Christ is to bear witness to the marvelous things God has done that God is doing in our midst, and that God will do in and through us, and in and through people we would never imagine we would understand the gospel from. So what does it look like for you to be Christ's light bearer? What does it look like for us? Maybe you've been actively serving through one of IPC's many ministries, teaching Bible studies or grace groups, gathering to pray with the intercessory prayer group or the Friday morning men's group. Maybe this new year has inspired you to begin again a life of personal devotion, of daily prayer and Bible reading and study, praying for God's guidance in your life and that God will guide our great church in this next year perhaps you have generously shared your resources and helped to empower IPC's more than 39 and counting community ministry opportunities. The giants on whose shoulder I stand and that we stand have paved an excellent way of loving our neighbors and it's up to us to grow that love and grow those loving opportunities. Maybe There is darkness in your life this season. Have you experienced overwhelming pain or grief? Maybe you've been caught by the blues and cannot shake them. But regardless of our faithful belief in the love and saving grace of Jesus Christ, many of us have experienced profound loss this season. There are many IPC members who are struggling with cancer and other illnesses or have close friends or family members who are struggling. And we've lost several longtime members during this advent into Christmas season. Like many of you, my life was profoundly influenced by our own Carolyn Crawford, who was a faithful prophet against many injustices An incredibly intelligent woman who pored over, of all things, the Federal Register, because there wasn't an internet, and so she would pour over and study the Federal Register, gleaning policy information about housing and homelessness long before the internet was available for transforming community research and change, and so much more. She was also a friend and former roommate to an amazing writer and former Presbyterian missionary to China, Catherine Patterson, whose work she shared with me and perhaps many of you have read of Catherine's work. I still read from Patterson's work somehow, especially during the Christmas season, and on the back panel of her book, Light of the World, Catherine Patterson writes, The challenge for those of us who care about our faith and about a hurting world is to tell stories which will carry the words of grace and hope in their bones and sinews and not wear them like a fancy dress. And this is what we are doing now during this Christmas season and into the coming week when the revelation of Christ through the journey and the witness of the Magi who are not at all like Christ and his people, the Magi, the Gentiles, who follow a star and bring us into the season of Epiphany. Meanwhile, we are singing our hearts out and singing and encouraging each other into testifying to and enacting enacting wondrous love, love with a capital L, love with light, and with life within ourselves and beyond to our community. And the good news is we always get to start right where we are, right here, right now, asking God's guidance and direction into Christ-like and lightness. We seek to deepen our understanding of magnifying the light and love of Christ through prayer and acts of service with others, placing ourselves in greater proximity to people unlike us. And as we look to new possibilities for being Christ's heart, hands, and feet in the world in 2022, we already have so much to celebrate together here at IPC. In 2021, we practiced extreme generosity, and extreme hospitality with our neighbors. Without giving a full account, I can at least share that at last count, by mid-December, our generous giving enabled more than 150 families to remain housed with needed utilities or transportation to jobs, doctors, schools, or medical, dental, tuition, bills paid, and more. Additionally, some of the same families joined with many others as we enabled more than 2,200 grocery vouchers for neighbors in need across Greater Birmingham. And at last count, and by no means complete, more than one-third of our congregation engaged in hands-on service with more than 39 community ministry volunteer opportunities. You provided coats and Christmas stockings, for children with our summer learning program and Thursday after-school program liftoff. More than 100 members of all ages and from every group corner of IPC participated in a crop drop, recycling and sharing hundreds of bags of fresh produce with our neighbors who struggle with food insecurity. This life-giving effort also benefited our environment by keeping precious sustainable produce from being wasted in landfills. Ask one of our wonderful members of the IPC Foundation Youth Grants Team. They'll tell you the benefits about gleaning and sharing and crop drops. And the Earth Care team has plans for us to begin recycling number five plastics which aren't recycled in Alabama and which do presently fill our landfills with waste that could otherwise be recycled by friends at a local nonprofit, Community on the Rise, who have creatively designed a way to turn our number five plastics, like sour cream and yogurt containers, takeout food containers, and other containers that hold things that we use daily, into household items made formerly by unhoused, by formerly unhoused women whose lives are being transformed even as they take those number five plastics and transform them into cups and pots and clocks and plates, even earrings and Christmas ornaments. The more we follow the shining light of Christ, the more we sing of his love and saving grace, And the more we bear witness through our hands and hearts to that same kind of love, the more we grow into his likeness. But dear friends, let us not forget or become complicit to casting light in opposition to dark. As two wise women theologians, Reverend Barbara Brown Taylor and the Reverend Dr. Will Gaffney have written each in her different works, There are gifts to learn and to receive from the dark that one can never learn in the light. Light does not hate the holy luminous darkness. Both are the abode of God. In this beautiful complex season of Christmas turned to epiphany, we celebrate the revelation of Christ our Savior, God's love continually and continuously revealed in and through each of us. And our work has only just begun, full of light and life and hope. Singing our way through the darkness and the light, we begin what the poet, mystic, preacher, scholar, the late Dr. Howard Thurman called the work of Christmas. Set to music by the late Presbyterian pastor, Reverend Richard Avery and his music and liturgy writing partner, the late Donald Marsh. It goes like this. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the shepherds have found their way home, the work of Christmas is begun. I am the light of the world. You people come and follow me. If you follow and love, you'll learn the mystery of what you are meant to do and be. To find the lost and lonely one, to heal that broken soul with love, to feed the hungry children with warmth and good food, to feel the earth below, the sky above, to free the prisoner from his chains, to make the powerful care, to rebuild the nations with strength and goodwill, to call a man your brother everywhere, to bring hope to every task you do, to dance at a baby's new birth and to make music in an old person's heart and sing to the colors of the earth. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. You people come and follow me. When you follow and love, you'll learn the mystery of what you are meant to do and be. Amen.